Well, hello, howdy, and hey there, everybody. It's Ginger Minge with these very fancy eyebrows that I drew on with a pencil I bought for $2 at the Walgreens. Isn't that nice? They almost look real. They yeah. do. It, I mean, it's a, the delusion of um, brownness. I don't, I, I'm highbrow right here. It's a perfect delusion. And I'm lowbrow over here. <laughs> They're not sisters. They're not twins. They I'm, barely I'm, speak. I'm nobrow over here. I like that though. I think I think it's nice. Welcome back to Local Queen, the podcast where we celebrate all of our hometown sheroes. I am here in beautiful, exotic Boston, Massachusetts, <laughs> with the one and the only Severity Stone. Hello. Hi. <laughs> we are coming to you out of drive because we're not we're not in drive today. And you're not paying us. Uh, no. Well, I mean, maybe you are. <laughs> maybe I don't know. Are, yeah. Cash app, Venmo, <laughs> let's go. Whatever you got, we will take it. Um, but I'm very excited to talk to you because we have never met. We literally we just met a, a few not. moments it, ago. It's an absolute pleasure to meet you. I'm a huge fan. Oh, my God. Well, you are tall. <laughs> I am a huge fan. How tall are you? I'm 6'6". Six, 6'6", six. Six, six, flat-footed. Yeah. So when and you're in drag, flat-footed. are you flat-footed? <laughs> no, no. I got those Flintstone feet. I look like I should be running the car. I have feet. I have, you know, with the tallness comes the joint problems and stuff. But yeah, I am six and a half feet tall. You're like six five, right? So we're about. I'm six. like six five. Okay. But really five three. Okay, but with a kitten heel, you're six five. With a kitten heel, <laughs> and if we decide to go like the metric route, then okay. I do believe I am a just like half an inch shorter than you. Yeah, it adds up. Yeah, it all adds up. <laughs> what do I know? I was homeschooled. Uh, <laughs> it was fine. I didn't Math- go to school. Uh-huh. Math is... I-, I was homeschooled, and I still did not graduate at the top of my class. I graduated with honors, and I still decided to do drag. Bless you. I actually, no, I went to art school. Art school? <laughs> that I dropped out. <laughs> then I decided to start doing drag. So, well, yeah. then let's jump into it. I want to know all about you. So please introduce yourself to our listeners, to me. And give me just kind of like a brief overview of, of who Severity is. Brief overview. Um, my name is Severity Stone. Uh, I've been doing drag and uh, performing and hosting events and such uh, here and around Boston for the past, I would say, almost 11 years. Um, yeah, I, I grew up an artist. I grew up around here. I haven't traveled very far out of New England, um, quite unfortunately, but, you know, money. Um, I've, yeah, I grew up creating, drawing, making clothes for Barbies and such. And then it just kind of, I've always made things. You know, I've been mm-hmm. a sculptor, I've been a painter and I did all that. And, um, yeah, like I said, I went to art school, mass art, Massachusetts college of art. Mass art. Very briefly. And, um, I was happy that I did because it yeah. was just, it wasn't the right thing for that time when you're fucking like 19 years old are we allowed to say yeah power? you say whatever the fuck you oh, want right. thank fucking god um <laughs> <laughs> now you leave him out of it he has nothing to do with the podcast <laughs> sorry god sorry god i don't think he's here he's not listening oh. um but yeah i went to art school and i was like this is dumb i don't know what to do i don't know why i'm here i don't know how to make a career out of art so i just left just you know there's nothing wrong with that. Also, I was paying for it myself. By paying for it, I mean I'm still getting student loan bills in the mail. And mm. I, you know, they can send them to me until the day I die. Um, well, I actually, I did not go to... Also, federal loan, I hope you're not watching. <laughs> I don't exist. I didn't go to college simply for that reason. Like, I didn't have money. And I knew that I was going to be involved with, like, the arts or theater or something like that. And I was like, well, why am I going to pay money that I don't have? Yeah. But I'm going to be paying off the rest of my life. 
so they can teach me things I already know. Exactly. And they don't set you up to know about that when you're a teenager. You, know, you yeah. come right out of high school. Like, I'm literally, like, just coming out of being a literal child. And you're like, but now you have to go off and be on your own. And, like, I, you know, had a have a very not wealthy family so they were like you want to go to school that's on you boo uh-huh. um, and i was like okay and i did get like some grants and some loans and things but like the thing they don't tell you about loans when you're 19 years old is that you have to pay them back <laughs> like i knew that but i was like eh, like don't hand a kid like a check for like nine thousand dollars and expect them to like spend it on like give it back give it back or like spend it on books i was like yeah i'm buying books but um <laughs> I don't even remember what I spent it on, but yeah, it was just fast forward, you know, that just wasn't the thing for me. I left, started working, doing retail, whatever. And then um, when I turned 21, I started coming out to the scene. I got introduced to, you know, the drag scene here and all the um, shows and stuff was going on. And I had like known about drag, but I was never exposed to it until mm-hmm. I was, you know, out in the clubs. So a lot of my friends like, oh, I was coming out to the club and I was 16. I was like, I was in high school. My parents would have like slaughtered me if I snuck out to like get into the back door of a club. I never like thought to do that, but a lot of people did. I was like, "How did y'all? How were y'all going to like clubs and shit when you were like 15? But anyway, um... I'm gonna tell you how I did <laughs> because there was one gay bar in Lake County, and I remember you had to park in the ditch across the street, and you had to run across the highway to get into it because all the rednecks would sit out there in their trucks and throw things at you. Mm. So the only way that I could get in, I looked kind of like my cousin Jennifer's. Be boyfriend at the time, I kind of looked enough like him that I was like, if I put on like some makeup and a wig, I can get it. I can pass. So <laughs> my very first time in the gay bar was for Pimp and Ho Night back when that was socially acceptable. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I put I I looked like Carney Wilson on a bender. It was not oh a good God. look, but <laughs> I ran across that street. I went in there, and it was twenty five cent pitcher beer night. Like on top oh, of so everything. This was in like the 1800s. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. Back, it's been 84 years. Um, so I went in there and I was like, I feel so free. Everybody is being lovely to me. I look a hot damn mess, but they, the, none of them know. It was my little secret. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, I totally like can relate to that. Cause like when I, when everybody first starts doing drag or whatever, like you swear to God that you're like everything. Yeah. <laughs> And, but if you walk into like any place with that kind of attitude, like that's how you do get into a bar underage. Like mm-hmm. if you walk in and drag with a, if you such you have a bag and someone with you, like, oh, we're fine. But 99% <laughs> of the time, like they won't say anything. No, they're <laughs> like, oh, girl, you're late for the show. Come yeah, on. it's like, oh, yeah, they'll just let you into like the Met Gala. Like, oh, I'm my friend's over there. Like, I'm sorry, I'm late. They're like, uh, go in i guess your outfit's not <laughs> terrible enough quick go change over there oh the met gala i feel like like just to sidetrack real quick what are your thoughts on the looks at the met gala for the last couple of years i mean as a costume maker and drag entertainer who wears costumes all the time like most of it is like not really that impressive to me because it's just i think it's cool to see like oh my god yeah. what is rihanna wearing and like she that, always turns that's it out. It. Rihanna turns it all the yeah, time. Yeah, because she's perfect. I thought but that Billie Eilish looked really gorgeous. This, this past year, one, yeah. But um, I also didn't quite understand how that look fit the theme or what the theme was really I supposed think, to encompass. 
Yeah, I didn't understand the theme. So I was like American fashion. So I was like clothes, <laughs> right? Everyone just kind of interpreted their own way. Actually, um, <laughs> sponsored by American I wore, Eagle. This is yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Also, your computer's about to die. Oh, I have it. I had it plugged in. <laughs> we're is just this not working. We're just too much. I think that outlet's not working. Um, but yeah, I did um, Kim Kardashian's iconic uh, Dementor nightmare look, like two days after the Met Gala at Legacy. Did you? Yeah, I just, I like I was like in a sewing mood. I was like, we're coming out as like Kim Kardashian Dementor. So I like made the <laughs> ponytail and I went to Legacy. Um, but I've I've noticed like now they're starting to invite the queens into that world, and typically I feel like um. Even the queens are kind of missing the mark because I feel like they're a little too afraid to do oh, yeah. what they do. Because, like, like we're used to drag. We're used to putting on every rhinestone yeah. and feather and sequin. Like camp, like, that's what we wake up every day and do. Yeah. So it's, like, these people who are kind of you put in a situation where it's... You're expected to bring it to a next level, but sometimes that next level looks um, not organic. Yeah. Yeah. Makes yeah. Sense. Like, it does. It makes complete like sense. Force. I'm like, I'm not believing that this person is really invested in wearing this insane outfit. I'm not going to yeah. mention anybody, but like, you know, there's well, certain ones where it's like, why? I feel like, like, uh, the, the, I wouldn't say regular, but the, um, the non-drag guests that go, yeah. they think they're being very edgy by wearing certain things. And then the queens show up and they don't want to stand out too much, I guess. So they kind of dumb it down a little bit. Yeah. So it's just like this consistent mediocrity across the board. And it's not that's not for everybody. I'm not saying everybody was mediocre or that I could do any better. I'm just saying that I think for now on, they really need to pump that shit up. Yeah. And if any of you other queens get invited, like tickets are like thirty thousand fucking dollars. Like go there with the outfit. Like uh go on stilts. They need to invite Ivy Winters. Do you? How would it (laughs) Well where would you fit with stilts? It's outside. Mikel's outside. Okay. But why do you I actually performed because I I knew that you were coming. No, a couple months ago, I performed with them actually at Legacy. They're like painters, like drywall, so it's about 18 inches. So they're not like like circus, circus. Like cray cray. Like I could be in the club. But yeah, I just wanted them for a really long time. And yeah, I thought if I was ever to be at the Met Gala, I would show up and get out of like a stretch fucking Hummer or something and be like nine feet tall. Why not? Why the fuck not? I think that'd be great. So this is actually, this is not a podcast. This is a petition and a call to action. To get Severity Stone invited to the Met Gala next year, and you, you and me. 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 Well, I'm our, I'm too but tall. But I need you to be stilts. in flats, in flats, and <laughs> then I just come out from underneath. Out of one of my hand legs. like this, you can. Yeah, I'll be. I'll have a really long arm too, and I'll just reach down and hold your hand. <laughs> but just one. Make just sure one. the other the one's other all one the way up like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I know we're getting sidetracked a okay. little bit, but enjoy that. That's fine. That's it's funny. A little I like tidbit, you know. Um, I want to know. So, how long have you been doing drag? You said about eleven years. Approaching eleven, yeah. And how did you get started? Um, I don't know. I just did. I mean, yeah, like I said, like I went to school. I just started working, and then yeah, when I turned twenty-one, that's where we were at earlier. Um, I just started coming out, and like I was dating someone at the time, and they introduced me into like local bars and stuff around here, and I experienced drag. I got to see people like Misery and Fina Barbatal, you might mm-hmm. know. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love Misery, too. I mean, I love Fina, absolutely. But Misery, 
pageant girl. Mm-hmm. So sickening, so talented. Incredible. And I was hearing stories of misery before I was even like out of the club. Like my my boyfriend at the time, like who was a little, couple years older, um, knew of misery and was like, oh, don't fuck with her. Like she's a bad bitch. And I was like, I was like, I'm like 17. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but then I met her. I was like, oh, she's a bad bitch. And like, yeah, she has such a legacy behind her and like, you know, all that, you know, the destinies and the Knievels and stuff. And I was just started to come out to Jacques Cabaret, which is right around the corner from where we are. Which is where Katia really got her yeah. start. And yeah, coming out to see Perestroika with Katia and all of them. Um, that was my introduction. And I was just enthralled by the artistry of it. Um, and what made you go, oh, this is my world. This is what I want to do. Well, I wasn't sure that I knew it was what I wanted to do. I just tried it. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of like stuck my fingers in the pot or whatever. Did you wait until Halloween? Because that's when most drag babies are born. I think that might've been the first time that I did like drag drag. I mean, I don't know if you can tell for me, I'm kind of into Halloween and horror what? and stuff. I know. Uh, um <laughs> My fingernails glow in the dark. Um, <laughs> well, it's easier to find them that way. You know? <laughs> God knows where my hands have been. You gotta, you know. Um, anyway. Yeah. I was very, yeah, Halloween was probably the first time. And I've always loved Halloween. I've always liked, like I said, like fashion and dressing up and making mm-hmm. things and expressing myself through the way I look. Like before I started doing drag, I would come out like as a boy. And I would like, it was just like 2011, 2010, it's like when Lady Gaga, like mm. the spiked shoulders and stuff. And I would make these jackets and like glasses with chains on them and stuff. And I would just go out to the club and like be a faggot. So Lady Gaga <laughs> was, was your gateway drag. Sort of, sort of. <laughs> yeah, it was one of, she was one of my biggest inspirations to like push it there. And then I took it to, you know, the drag aspect. Um, and yeah, and I just kind of rolled with it. And then opportunities came and I, I kept growing and. Um, yeah. What was your first drag performance? Mm. Well, uh, it, that I can remember. This is where we pull up a picture of it. Um, it's my first profile picture on Facebook, if anybody wants to look at it. Um, Lady Gaga, um, So Happy I Could Die. I was living with my mom at the time in Somerville, Massachusetts, which isn't far from here. Um, I borrowed my sister's dress. My sister is a couple years younger than me, but like I borrowed like her dress. I didn't have a cinch or anything, so I duct taped my body. Ooh. I think I had like a, a shitty bra and I stuffed socks into it. And um, I made this like jacket thing with like poofy shoulders. And it was like an amateur competition thing at Machine Nightclub RIP, which is like defunct. Um, very sad. But um, yeah, no, I just did it. And I think from that point, like stepping on that stage, I, there was no looking back. Do you remember what the number was? It was, yeah, it was Gaga, so happy I could... Oh, so happy so I could die. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we, we spoke about this. Yeah. I just thought you were saying you were just so happy. I also die. was so happy I could die. And yeah. did you win? Uh, I did not. No. But, you know, it didn't hurt my spirit. Hey. Uh, <laughs> losing is the new winning. It was an opportunity. And, like, um, there were so many more... Not still not enough. But there are still um, more opportunities nowadays for younger newer performers as compared to even then which wasn't like that long ago you know it was like you had to like really like stick your neck out and like be friends with people to like get opportunities Mm -hmm. like that so i was very grateful for that and to make the friends that i did and um yeah and then things just kind of i remember when i started doing so i've been doing it 16 years now and when i first started it was before drag race 
-hmm. So I, my whole like knowledge of drag was the Southern pageant scene. My drag mother like threw me into that world. I was not ready, but you only want to be embarrassed so many times. So it it forced, (laughs) it's like boot camp. It forces you to get better and better and better. Um, And so it was very, my, my drag was very structured. Um, And I don't, necessarily remember what my very first performance in a club was my first performance in drag was actually in a play that was how i got started i got into it through theater um but anyway that this is not even a this is a pointless story i was just telling you oh well so i got cast (laughs) in this play it's called boys 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 and it was an original play that was based on some true events and of some nightclub in new york in the 70s and they wanted um, eight men that would go like full frontal nude mm-hmm. and two drag queens. And I had never done drag before, but I was like, uh, I do not want to get naked in front of everybody. Cause I know my mama and my grandma are going to come see the show. Mm-hmm. So I borrowed my sister's dress and I borrowed a wig from my grandmother and I stopped at big lots and got like the worst makeup ever and just kind of <laughs> slapped it on and went and I got the role and it, it just, I kind of took to it like a fish to water, you know, it was just, yeah, it so felt like the same. Yeah. It's like the, what I did. Yeah. It's so scary when you like, right before you take the step out on stage and then you take the step out and you're like, something in this changes, whole new world. Like, Oh, that's like, now I get it. Even yeah. though like you still don't get it because you just started. And I always tell people like every single day, every single time that I'm in drag, I learn something new and I'm never mm-hmm. like, and I, I hate when people kind of just like stop learning. Like when people are like, oh, I do this and like, that's it. Like, I don't want to learn new things. I don't want to accept new things about drag. You should always be learning and always yeah. growing. And like, it's okay to like, yeah, I look back at my makeup from three months ago and I'm like, why did I do my eyebrows like that? But it's okay because at that time that made sense to me. And like, you just keep trying new things and like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not coming for you. <laughs> I still have none. Um, <laughs> I have essence of eyebrows. It's like the shadow of that. Oh, de brow. Oud de brow. Yeah, I learned like so much over the years. And also I want to stress like very hard how much I learned that. Because I, I, I heard you mention earlier something about people using the term female impersonator. I do think that that is like such like a tired, stupid thing mm-hmm. to even say about drag. If that's what you do, then that's what you do. But that's just like a... Just to catch everybody archaic. up, before <laughs> we started recording the podcast, uh, we were scrolling through Facebook, my husband and I, and we saw uh, an announcement for a pageant that's coming up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, da 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 fi which stands for female impersonator. So it's like female impersonator of the year. But the pageant is open to everybody. There's been a lot of trans winners of that particular pageant. Um, So we were just talking about how archaic that term really is because I, I mean, we've, we've made a lot of progress with, with the whole gender spectrum and all that kind of stuff. You know, I myself identify as non-binary. So it, it doesn't offend me as a term, but I do think it sounds a little outdated. Yeah. And I felt that way about that term for a while. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I overheard what you were talking about. I was in the bathroom douching. And, um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to get a laugh out of it. Um, yeah, like I, that's the way that I was introduced to drag. You know, I love the people that I that introduced me to drag, but it was very much that. It was like, we dress up as Lady Gaga, where gay men who dress up in women's clothes and that's what drag is. That was my introduction to it. But I learned 
as quickly as I possibly could that it was not that. And like mm. now, like my eyes are so open to um, the endless possibilities of drag and that it's literally for anybody and everybody. Like, yeah. regardless of your shape or your color or your gender or your identity, like drag mm-hmm. is for everybody. Point blank period that is not open for discussion like <laughs> <laughs> or, or debate. Uh, I have a lot of incredible friends who have shown me and taught me so many amazing things about their drag and how they interpret it. And I, I honestly, like, I do, like, out of drag, like, I identify as kind of, like, gender queer, um, like, just in between. Like, I don't, like, love being a man because men, like, suck. Like, I don't like identifying yeah. with, like, cisgendered men. So I'm, like, somewhere in, in that realm of things. And my drag, too, I also, like, I'm not trying to be a woman, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. I like to do, to feminize myself because it makes me feel. Before you move on, I want to ask you, what is your definition of drag? Just in general. My definition of drag? I think it's just um, queer people wearing what they like. Mm-hmm. And queer, I I say this in all of my shows. Or straight people too. Every but well, I think everybody <laughs> is queer because queer means weird. It means different. Yeah. And honestly, if you're not queer at least a little bit, you're doing something wrong. Because everybody should be individual and yeah, everybody it's... should express exactly how they feel on the inside, on the outside. You know, and to me, my definition of drag has always been it's like a celebration of femininity. Mm-hmm. And I think that anybody is capable of that. Well, for a drag queen, but also, you know, drag kings is a celebration of masculinity or, you know, the things that are in between. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely right about that. So um, I have been checked and corrected. <laughs> and But I love that. See, that's why we have these discussions, you know. Um, so you were talking about how, you know, you, you look back and you're like, I'm always learning. I'm always learning. And when you first started, what kind of a narrow view of drag you had was just yeah. like because of because it was only what what you were yeah it's what you were exposed to yeah me was the southern pageant drag and it wasn't until i got onto drag race and started touring around the world that i i realized like my eyes opened up to all of the possibilities of drag Mm -hmm. and i i find myself now that's one reason i really wanted to do this podcast is because to me drag is such a regional sport and it changes everywhere you go. Oh, yeah. Definitely. There's a different vibe. There's different techniques. There's this mm. whole different feel the to vibe every... especially. Like, yeah. I, I haven't gone to many places, but, like, I would tell you, like, I went to Chicago, where you just came from, and it was just... The only thing similar to Boston is that it's a big city, but, like, the vibe was different. The energy was different. Honestly, I want Boston to be more like that, but we don't have as many like venues and stuff. But like, mm-hmm. I'm sure you like probably went to like Boys Town and stuff. And like, my experience there was like so remarkable and memorable, and it was unlike anything I'd experienced before. And I was yeah. so welcomed as an outsider. Like, I've literally never been here before, but like, you know, everything was just so different, mm-hmm. but also you know, welcoming and familiar at the same time. Um, but I find myself now traveling around to all these places and I'm sitting with the girls in the dressing room going like, what is, what are you doing right there? And then I try it and sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't, but I'm always learning something new. And it's, it's strange because like, even now, you know, all star six just ended, but we filmed it a year ago and 
my entire face has changed since then just because I found different things that I like to do. That's the fun of drag. It's just, it's just expressing and learning and having fun with it. And the new thing that you decided to do was those eyebrows. These, well, this one, I don't like, (laughs) I don't like her. I like her. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I had to bring it back around. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, we, we can always learn and you know, you've traveled the world and done like incredible things. I haven't quite gotten there yet, but someday, you know, hope to but um yeah if i can give when you say like what drag means to me yeah it means yeah um a, a queer expression of art and um exploring gender and exploring things inside of yourself that you probably knew were always there but you never knew how to do it and there's no right or wrong way to do drag no like you may not look great but you'll get there you know everybody well, but even then like Looks are so subjective, too. Exactly. Like, to the mass majority, you may not look great, but you're going to have a handful of people that are like, I've never seen anyone more attractive in my life than you are in this moment. It doesn't matter what you look like. Someone in the world will be horny for you. (laughs) Exactly. Take that. So hold on to that. (laughs) We're going to hear a word from our sponsor, (laughs) and then we'll be back for the second half of this fabulous podcast. Yeah. And we're back. <laughs> Wasn't that good? Wow, I had a full sip. A full sip. Yeah. <laughs> it's Ginger Minge here with local queen Serenity or Serenity Severity Stone. Well, I gotta go. My <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm the cross dresser for Christ. So I, I, I try to find the hope, serenity, and peace in every situation. No, I'm really happy to be here, Eureka. <laughs> <laughs> I am Mimi, I'm Lake. First, last, and always. Your Mimi, I didn't win. <laughs> well, I, I didn't win three times. <laughs> At least I'm consistent, you know? So let's talk about drag a little bit more, and particularly your drag. So did you ever do any pageants? I did, actually. Yeah? Um, I competed in the Miss Boston Pride pageant. Ooh. Probably, like, halfway into my career, as we call it. Um. There was like five contestants, and I think I got fourth place. But then by default, like someone dropped out, and like another person like died in an airplane crash. No, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't. <laughs> I was like, where are they traveling from? <laughs> I ended up with some sort of a crown, like later on down the line, only because like people had dropped out, and like somebody moved. Somebody away. got pregnant. Somebody got pregnant. Somebody moved away. And they were like, fine, we'll give it a severity. <laughs> um, but I also did um the Miss. Uh, what was it called? Uh, Scream Queen Ooh, of that sounds Salem, fine. Uh, 2014. Um, I just went to Salem. It was hosted the by um, I don't even want to say her name because she sucks. Uh, the spooky one with the contacts. Uh, oh, yeah, I got um her title. Yeah, so I competed against a bunch of other local like New England performers, and it was like a big Halloween pageant. That was like my big like, oh my god, I won something. I love that, though, because to me, like, everything needs a theme. Everything can really, like, do better with a theme. Yeah. Benefit. That's it. Everything benefits from a theme. Exactly. And if the theme is something that I just do naturally, I'm like, okay, let's do it. And, um, yeah, that was, like, kind of, yeah, I'd say, you know, five, six, wait, what did I say, 2014? So that was seven years ago. Yeah. I was still kind of 
new to things and like mm-hmm. getting my bearings but like i was like oh this is something that i'm like really excited about and it was crazy it was at this um the revere hotel i believe it was called in salem massachusetts and yeah it was you know all my friends like violencia and rainbow fright fina Barbatal was there um no one was happy that i won <laughs> <laughs> that's how you no know you're doing that, something right that's what i knew i feel like that's what i knew i was like everyone was like visibly pissed that like i won because like they thought for some like n- you know, mm-hmm. no tea, no shade, but like, yeah, people were like shady and bitchy about it because they're like, oh, I've been doing drag for so long. Like, why didn't I win? I was like, because you didn't. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> There's really no other reason in the world. People have asked me that. Well, why didn't you win? Because I didn't. Because I didn't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. And that, you know, even just winning that, like, if I hadn't, it still would have mattered so much to me just to be there and to mm-hmm. have that experience. And, this big crowded place and I had never performed. We had like different categories that we had to do. We had to do like three different costumes. And like, yeah, that was like one of the, the pinnacles of my drag career. What were your categories? Did you have like, uh, did you have a talent category? I don't have any talent. <laughs> um, no, I, I think, wait, what was it? What was it? Um, there was like a presentation. We had to do like a runway. Uh-huh. Um, it was American Horror Story, like, not, well, Freak Show theme. It was, like, when oh, okay. Freak Show mm-hmm. came out, right? So, um, I did, like, the guy with a face on the back of his head. Uh-huh. So, I, like, made a mask of my face, and it was, like, on the back of my head and had this, this costume that went with it. Uh, there was a performance, and then there was, like, a, like, where you just did a number, and then, like, the judges watched you, and it went, like, one by one, and they watched everybody. And uh-huh. then, um, the last one, I think we just did, like, another runway. I don't remember what I wore. Did you do, like, an evening gown? No, no. It was all, like, Coffin icky. couture? Girl, I told you it was in Salem, <laughs> and it was on Halloween. So was... I literally just went to Salem for the first time a couple weeks ago. It's cute. I wanted to go look at all the Hocus Pocus places. Which is just everything, though. Which is everything. <laughs> but I also found myself going, okay, now that movie makes no logistical sense to me. Period. Because that's supposed to be across the street, but that's on the other side of town. This is supposed to be on the other side of town, but it's literally across the street. Yeah. Well, but Hollywood. It was Hollywood. Yeah. No, baby. Salem is amazing. Don't go there anywhere near Halloween because it's just like tourist hell. And a bunch of drag queens dressed like the Sanderson sisters. Everyone that you've ever seen, they're all there, just running through the streets <laughs> with brooms, like sweeping up dust and shit. I'm like, no. We went to the Salem Witch Museum, oh. which turns out is not a museum at all. It's just like a haunted house. It's like no, it's oh no, a, with the wax. It's figures. the wax figure diorama. I went to that when I was like fucking like seven years old and it like kind of terrified me well yeah they got satan over in the corner with his glowing eyes and i'm wondering like do they still have like the same wax figures like that shit like terrorized me you they do field trip i was like a child and they brought me to the fucking salem witch museum and i was like this is fuck. I think that's why I turned out like this. <laughs> <laughs> because of the Salem Witch Museum. I went to the Museum. Salem and they're like, this woman's being crushed by a pile of rocks. And it's like <laughs> the sound, the voiceover, and it's pitch dark. You're like uh-huh. sitting on the floor. And there's like a woman screaming and it's like a dire. I'm like, okay. And then a pentagram just totally lights up in the middle of the floor where you're sitting. It's like, oh, no, 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 All no, no. All of a sudden I like blinked and I had white contacts in and I was like, I well, guess I'm spooky now. This is it. <laughs> this, this, is it. <laughs> this is my path. This is me. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that I did love is that, you know, anybody who knows me knows I'm a huge Wizard of Oz freak. And they have an original first edition copy of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. 
there. That's like the one artifact that they have. But it is under glass and they wouldn't let me touch it. Well, we can always break in. Okay. Okay. We can just stand there like this. I look kind of waxy sometimes. I do. Well, I do today because I have this like um, this moisturizer on. Just oh, I think I just wiped away part of my eyebrow. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna be back to nubs by the time we're done with. We're this. gonna take another 45 minute break. We'll be back. <laughs> so you won that pageant. Yeah, and it really just kind of like reaffirmed for you that you were doing the right thing. You were finally making your mark. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, you know, things over the years just kept happening. You know, I've always been just, like, the local performer. Like, I've hosted. I have to emphasize um, Machine Nightclub. That was, like, a really huge hit for us uh, right before COVID started. Having very little to do with COVID, um, this huge nightclub that we all used to work at called Machine um, got closed and is, like, demolished. Like, no longer there. So it's a very, very sad thing. Um, That was, like, my home away from home, as was for a lot of people. And it, it was it was a long time coming, you know. Rent is we expensive. Dealt with that. The owners in Orlando, like, Parliament yeah. House got knocked down, and it was an institution. I mean, there's it's still weird to drive by this this plot of land where oh, you spent haunting. so much time. It's haunting. Yeah. First of all, it's weird because it's such a tiny plot of land, but it was such a huge, expansive like building. Buildings. Yeah, when you see it like not there, it's like yes, yeah, like well, jarring. This is like right in the middle of the city. So it's like, imagine if that building across the street was just like gone. Just gone. And you're like, and I keep thinking in my head for so long, even though I know, I knew it was gone. It took a long time for me to even like go past. So I was like, I feel like I keep thinking about being there and I keep remembering, like I could walk around that place with my eyes closed. Like, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, so where, was, t- where was I going with that? Oh, we were just talking about <laughs> life. In general, no. So you said that you started. Uh, you really got like yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I started performing a lot of machine, and I started you know hosting things here and there. I was doing karaoke, and then we started doing um, these Halloween events, which we're doing another one coming up um, on the twenty second. Uh, I used to host a party called Slasher Bash. It was like a horror themed like pre Halloween party, or if it landed on Halloween, it would be Halloween. But um. Yeah, and I kind of, like, I don't like to typecast myself, and people always call me, like, ooky, spooky, scary, but, like, I am, but, like, also, like, a bit more than that. Yeah. I like horror, I like goth fashion and culture and stuff, and I don't really identify with being, like, a Halloween decoration. Yeah. (laughs) People say, like, oh, you're so ooky and kooky, like, whenever someone (laughs) fucking introduces me on the mic, like, she's tall that's the first thing people say she's ooky and she's kooky and she's spooky give it up for and she's all the way from backstage yeah she's all the way from backstage (laughs) and then they say serenity stone and i'm like none of that was right Um, (laughs) but that could be your alter ego whenever you don't want to do the ooky spooky you can just you can dress like a christmas tree angel and be serenity. I actually did get dressed up as a Christmas tree at Machine one time. Did you? They as pulled, a Christmas tree? I was dressed by other people as a Christmas tree. They, like, pulled me up on stage and put a, a tree costume on me and, like, draped because I was the tallest person. It was, like, hilarious, I guess, but also, like, very humiliating. <laughs> Like, they always make me get up and dance an Irish jig on St. Patrick's Basically Day. the equivalent of that. Yeah, like, I'm so always the leprechaun. Here, and, like, put me up on stage and put this costume on me and then, like, rainbow fright 
Fina Barbatal and like whoever else is there just draped. Uh, Raquel, uh, Raquel uh, Blake, who's in Dallas now, like draped a bunch of fucking Christmas lights and shit all around my body. That was like almost very triggering. <laughs> like, oh, Christmas tree. Let me tell you about a Christmas tree. Oh, uh, goodness. Do you know Serenity Stone is actually the name of a, um, it's a massage parlor in Orlando. Well, I'm taking them to court. You should. <laughs> well, you should. you should take them to court. Be like, I know someone who I think is named Serenity Stone. I said it one time, <laughs> damn it. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm not even the one drinking. Listen. <laughs> she's she's uh, gone off to the bar. Black Cat. But, yeah. Well, you know Spanish? Just a little bit. I'm a quarter Rican. Uh, uh, Jiggly calls me her quarter porter with cheese. All right. well, I'm not gonna, That's gorgeous. I'm not going to address that. No, no reason to. <laughs> problematic. That's what we're getting at. <laughs> as long as everyone knows that I'm not. No, not what? Problematic. Um, jiggly. Oh, you're not jiggly. No, you're not. You're pretty toned. I like it. Toned? <laughs> well, compared to me. <laughs> we look, no, I know the, the act we need to do together. We need to do twins. I'll be Danny DeVito and you be Arnold Schwarzenegger. What did you just call me? Arnold. <laughs> what was the last Hey name? Arnold. <laughs> Schwarzenegger. It's worse when you say it slower. Nah, you have to nah. It's cool. in So your career is over. Um No. <laughs> I How dare I'm kidding just to disclaim. Yeah. It's the last <laughs> name. I'm not gonna say because I don't know how to say that by the way. Yeah, that would be fun. I would have to Well if you were him, you'd be like Schwarzenegger. But I'm not like Buff. I would be like Schwarzenegger. Yeah, why not? I love when people, when I was growing up, they'd be like, "Is he, you know, like what affected by carpal tunnel?" Yeah, does he have osteoporosis? <laughs> like, what do you mean by that? Osteoporosis. Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> we're, we're again, we're getting sidetracked, but that's what we do. I mean, we're four episodes in. You should know by now. We just talk about shit. So wait, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Who else have you talked to on this show, and what have y'all talked about? Uh, so the very first episode was my best friend, Gidget Galore, from Orlando. Uh, we've been working together for years. We co-host a lot of events together. Um, she's like a, a nice version of me. Okay. You know, I, she can do everything I can do, but she does it with a smile. Um, I, I, my second episode was Stacy Starstruck from Seattle. Okay. Who I went to Disneyland with one day. Uh, never worked with her in drag until this past week. Or well, a couple weeks ago at this point. Um, and then my last episode was with Carmel DeVille. Who okay. is a bearded queen in Chicago. Mm. It's been really good. It's been very diverse and really fun. I do not personally know any of those people. But yeah. I, I appreciate that you're doing what you're doing. And also that ties into what I also want to ask. Like, what, um, is it okay if I ask you questions? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what made you decide to do this? Like, why, why is it important to you? Why did you choose to talk to me? Like, why do you want to talk to and showcase local performance? Because when I'm at home. I know home, the answer. But... When I'm at home, I am a local queen. Mm-hmm. And we all are local queen. I mean, like, honestly, the, the drag race thing is nice. The traveling is nice. That's all well and good. But before drag race and after drag race, we all have a home. We all have a home base. We all have, you know, the communities that surround us and support us. 
And having been able to be blessed to travel around and meet incredible girls, like I was telling you, it's like drag is such a, 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 a like a local sport. You know what I mean? Like yeah. regional sport. Regional, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's been really fun to see just how the communities rally around their girls and what those girls do with the platform they've been given. So I feel like it would be shameful of me not to use the platform that I have to kind of lift up your voices and let the world get to know all of you. Thank you. And I appreciate that. I'm actually very, very honored to be a part of what you're doing. And I'm sure whoever's listening to this at home, um, all my friends and stuff. Hi, (laughs) sorry, you didn't get the gig. I got it. Um, I'm sure they'll be very grateful to hear what you have to say. And and this is very important to us to get that recognition. And because, you know, you do have a really huge platform. Um, and it's just, it's really cool. So I just wanted to thank you. I have to you. tell you, when I was waking, or waking up, when I was growing up, I am so tongue-tied today. I think it's because you're so tall. <laughs> I'm sitting down. <laughs> Me too. I'm standing up. <laughs> She's standing on the bed. On a box, yeah. Um, when I was growing up, you know, I, I really wanted to be famous or successful. I didn't even know what that meant, but. You know, I didn't, we all do. I didn't have people when I was growing up that like supported me in doing that. So I felt like it, fame and success was something that you worked for yourself and it was solely yours. And then once I started to achieve those things and I take those steps to do that, I realized that it wasn't about me. I was literally just kind of a vessel and a tool to tell other people's stories and that's like the the best thing about being in the position that I am is that I do have a platform where I am able to affect change. I am able to uplift other people's voices and make them heard. And I think that that's really like the best part of this job. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's been so cool, like just going from drag scene to drag scene and learning about it. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the drag scene here in beautiful gorgeous boston massachusetts um it sucks next question (laughs) no i'm kidding i'm kidding um the the scene here is incredible i i wouldn't be anything without it i also hate like the word like scene because it's kind of there there are like how did this there are like different segments of said scene where like Mm -hmm. certain people do certain things and like my group of people my friends my brethren my siblings are incredible and there's such an immense incredible sense of family and also perseverance because of all the things that have been taken away from us you know losing all these clubs and with covid and everything and how hard it is to you know just get your footing here um yeah I respect and love everybody for that first and foremost and also like I feel like the Boston drag scene that I know is very like island of the misfit toys like everybody comes from something different everyone comes from like a different walk of life a different story a different type of drag we all kind of like meet in the middle you know like oh you're into like weird shit too me too and like <laughs> and then i immediately like click with somebody you yeah. know and that's how i've like made all the friends that i have and i'm very happy for that but yeah you know we we do the best we can we try to we put on amazing shows but um yeah it's not that i've seen every other drag scene in the world but i will guarantee you that what's going on in boston as much as people talk shit like a lot of people like live in boston they move to new york and they're like 
fuck Boston. That city sucks. And I'm like, yeah, of course it sucks. Every city sucks. But well, when you spend enough don't. time anywhere, yeah, it you sucks. know, we don't. You know, and I always take like offense to that when people are like, no, the Boston scene is stupid. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry you could afford to move to New York. Good luck getting a gig, girl. But like, <laughs> you know, things are much smaller and more realistic here. And I, yeah, I'm happy to be a part of what's going on here. And, uh, so do, are you, do you think that the different, um, sections of the drag scene here in Boston, are they kind of segregated? So you've got like your group and then this group and then that group. I mean, sometimes a little bit and like, yeah, we inter intertwine. Basically there's like certain people who work at this place who don't necessarily come to the things that we're doing or vice versa, or those people who do that brunch at that place, but they don't, you know, get involved in this. And like, ideally, you know, it would be lovely if we could all work together, but I, and everybody always preaches that like sense of community. Like we're all part of this, every, you know, pride, everybody gets drunk and we go out in the streets and we're like, we're all together. I'm like, girl, we all <laughs> hate each other. <laughs> But that's you know, how you know you truly love each other. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> let's, let's be real. Like, we don't hang out. Like, you know, there's, yeah. like, those certain people. Like, oh, my God, I always love seeing you. Like, you're such an amazing performer. I'm like, you've not been to any of my shows. Any of them. No, but I stalk <laughs> you on Facebook. Yeah, they stalk <laughs> the shit out of me on Facebook. And, like, that's all that matters to me. I'm like, girl, whatever. As long as I get the one follow. But um, <laughs> when I first started, you know, Orlando was very, like, different sectors for every type of performer. Mm -hmm. If you were a, a, a Broadway comedy kind of girl, you did this and this alone. If you were a trans woman, you did this. If you were this uh, an ooky spooky queen, you went over to this club and you did that. And there wasn't a whole lot of crossover. And I would say it was probably after Pulse happened where it, I will say the community did a 180 and everybody came together and now everybody's working with everybody else. It's really cool to see. Yeah. I do want to like elaborate a little bit. Like I don't want to say fully that we're like segregated here. There is a sense of community. I just wish that there was more of a sense yeah. of community. Like the people that I have and the people that I love know exactly who they are and we have each other's backs, but I wish that people, you know, of positions of platforms and things had our backs more often than they did, you know, during the pandemic and stuff and all the things that had been going on. It, it, it took so long for us to, or for me, for anybody to get their footing again mm -hmm. and, you know, get bookings and stuff. And, you know, this is my livelihood. This is my job. So it's like, it hard, it be hard sometimes, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but so long story short, I am very, very happy and very, very proud of my Boston drag family. And if anyone is listening who has never been to Boston, I encourage you to come and experience. I encourage you to come wherever you are. Come wherever Everywhere. you are. Everywhere. Everywhere. Um, on my face. <laughs> okay, don't come on my face because it will totally take off the rest of this eyebrow. So uh, <laughs> it does kind of look like a sperm now. Ooh, there we go. Um, so I would like, I know we only have a couple minutes left, but I wanted to ask you a couple ahead. of questions. Okay, go ahead. Spitfire. What is your definition of a local queen? Um, someone who hasn't had the opportunities to like be on TV, I guess. 
No, that's not. That's not. A local queen is someone, or our king, or anybody. Drag. I'd like to say local drag performer, because not yeah. everybody's a queen. Um, someone from any town who is just doing drag on a, I get paid maybe a three-digit amount of money kind of basis. Um, where we've all started. As mm-hmm. you started, every single person that y'all have seen on TV started out as a local drag artist. Um, and I'm telling you, most of us, when we're home, we are still. Yeah. Like, look, I'm still. Like, we don't give a fuck. How I'm much rolling money up the hamburger Mary's for $50 and a cheeseburger. There you go. And that's okay sometimes. But, uh-huh. like, you know, yeah, def- definition of, yeah, it just means you're from around here. But also, there could be people from, you know, out of state who come here who are also local entertainers. Local just means on the tier of like working class. I guess basically. Oh, that's like, interesting. Does that does that make sense? It does make sense. Like working class drag performers, as opposed to like I've been on TV and I'm traveling the world and I'm kind of you know. It's like being like a Michelin star award winning chef, but you're not Gordon Ramsay. You're still incredible at your craft and well respected, yes. yes. and you work a lot, but you just haven't had like your own TV show or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I think that's exactly. actually. That's the first time I've gotten an answer like that, and I really like that. I think that's great. (laughs) Next question. What was your worst performance ever? (laughs) Um, I I don't... I don't know. I don't have anything that jumps out to me that, like, God, I wish I didn't do that. I enjoy alcoholic beverages from time to time. So I'm sure, I'm sure that in, you know, I'm 33 years old for anybody listening in my younger years, I may have done some things that were really sloppy. I don't think I've ever done anything that I was like, Oh my God, like I want to die. Like that was the worst thing I've ever done. I just kind of walk like the same way we were talking about how you go onto the stage, you become something else. When I walk away from it, I like almost forget like what happened like drunk or not like mm-hmm. i just like whatever happened happened i can't yeah. change it um well, that's kind of the beauty of live art too like this is why i loved theater when i was growing up it was like it just happens in that moment yeah and whatever happens in those three and a half to four minutes happens yeah i don't i don't have like a thing that jumps out to me it's like oh my you god never fall on your face oh, of course i fall <laughs> of course i fall i'm six and a half feet tall alcohol consumption six inch heels dark nightclub of course i've fallen but, you know, yeah. Sometimes it's fun. It is kind of fun. Yeah. If you own it and, you know. It's easy for me to fall because I don't have, like, a long way to yeah. go. Yeah, you're, like, you're pretty much sitting on the ground when you're standing up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then my next question is, what is the best performance you've ever given? That's also really hard to answer. But I will tell you one of the proudest moments that I had mm-hmm. and I'm sure it was the best performance um, I got to open up for King Princess uh, who's an amazing queer uh, pop artist a couple years ago um, somebody like reached out to me in an email um, you should look her up by the way she's amazing uh, at Royale so down next door to where we are right now um, <laughs> down the sold out show to like teenagers and that yeah, they're like, we want a drag person to like open the show and like do two numbers, and it was probably one of the craziest things I ever did. I was like, I want to make it clear to you first of all, I'm not a musician because they were like, how long is your set? And I was like, whatever people say, <laughs> is that always fun? Set? I'm like, 
how long is my like, giggity giggity like mega mix? <laughs> uh, it's like five and a half minutes. And I'm like, okay. But yeah, that was like one of the like most sickening feelings that I had. And just like coming out on stage to literally an audience of like, you know. Screaming ready. Yeah. Just and ready I was to like, love what? you. And they, they gave me the mic and I was like emceeing and I was like, y'all having a good fucking time. Like all the stupid things that we say. And they're like, yes, we're 16. Yes. yes, we're 16. We're screaming and crying right now. And I was like, <laughs> I this isn't real. This doesn't seem real to me. Those moments are so... They make everything else worth yeah. it. Yeah. You know, Those I've moments are incredible. Other things sprinkled out in between. But yeah, that was one of the... Yeah, I, I don't even remember what I did. I had like a reveal. I had like these... It was during Pride times. So I think I had like braids that I made. Like they were rainbow colored. And um, whatever I did, I don't know. But whatever I did on the stage, they would cheer. Like I would like kick my foot up a little bit. And they're like, yes, go off, bitch. <laughs> Those are my favorite yeah, times. You can, you can be like, all you like, have to do is catch a beat <laughs> now and again, give them a little hip, and then a twirl. And they start like, throwing up. Like, yeah, I'd, like, I'd, but yeah, yeah, it was fucking nuts. And yeah, I like cried backstage because I like couldn't even take it. Those moments that make you feel like not only a superstar, but it makes you feel like your art is actually reaching somebody and affecting them in a positive way. That's what really makes it worthwhile. It really does. It is the biggest. That's if I leave you with anything, that is the most important thing to me is letting is. Well, this is my last question okay. then. Let's go. What would your advice be to anybody out there who is a local queen or is looking to become a local queen? If you would like to do it, I encourage you to do it. Um, don't hold yourself to anyone else's standards. Um, don't uh, compare yourself to other people and try to be, you know, if you want to do drag, do it for you and do it if it makes you happy. You know, don't use it as like a beacon to like just get attention or, you know, because you think that you have to. Um, what was I going to say with the last question? I had something. Oh, I was saying the most important thing to me is letting people know that my drag is an example mm -hmm. and to let people know that, you know, people come to me, I wish I could do what you do. I wish I could, could be a part of this. And I'm like, I I'm here to let you know that you can. And you know, if you're a, a little tiny baby queer person somewhere out there and, and you feel weird about dressing up, you don't want to wear dresses cause you don't want to be made fun of or this, that, the other thing I'm, what I do is, all encompassing of the statement of you can do it mm -hmm. you can do it and i encourage you to do it and be yourself yeah well, as cheesy and silly as that might sound it's be yourself not. believe in yourself um and yeah let your fucking queer little flag fly yes you get a gay <laughs> goat from that yes i love that all right so it's been so much fun talking to you the the really cool thing about this is um, the last couple that I've done, I, I'm literally like just meeting you for the first time. So it's a real conversation. Yeah. And it's so, it's so fun for me <laughs> to get not to. not rehearsed. No, I mean, it's just so much fun for me to get to know you with all of these people who, you know, have supported me that are now going to support you. Where can they find you to support you? Um, well, I live in the basement of this hotel. <laughs> um, I clean the floors. No, I'm kidding. 
Um, you can find me on Instagram or Venmo, wink, wink, um, at severity underscore stone. I will be performing with Ginger Minj uh, tomorrow at Legacy Nightclub, which by I'm the sure time, by the time this, this comes this, out, this yeah, was uh, a couple weeks ago. But whatever, you missed it. It was two weeks ago. But we um, were great. We were. We did so good. I yeah. did so many cartwheels, and you did that split. Well, I did the split under your cartwheel. It was so crazy. And then you picked me up in your leg and flung me over. It was nice. <laughs> your eyebrows flew off. They landed <laughs> yes. on the ceiling. They're uh, still there. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, um, severity s e v e r i t y underscore stone on most things. Uh, follow me on Insta, you know, I know that sounds superficial, but it helps also local performers to get more bookings because the more mm-hmm. followers we have, the more people notice our stuff. So, um, yeah, look me up and severity stone on Facebook if you want to follow me and uh, YouTube, everything. I have a YouTube channel, I need to upload more things, but yeah. um, yeah, look for uh, our amazing cartwheel performance on there. Oh, yes. Yeah, you won't find it, but look for it. <laughs> <laughs> also, follow um, the Serve Network on Twitch, which is where I did most of my digital drag stuff, which we didn't even talk about, but maybe next time. Yeah. Um, follow hey, the Serve we've, got a, we, we've literally got three minutes if you want to talk about it. Well, that's important because, like, you know, Serve Thursday is based off of the Serve Network, which Violencia started, mm-hmm. who's hosting the show that we're doing tomorrow. Um, yeah, during the, the time of... Uh, at the pandemic, we had to uh, resort to digital drag things, and mm-hmm. uh, Violencia stuck her neck out and made this channel for us and a platform for us. I host a show called Witchcraft Wednesday, which I haven't done for a while because we've been back to the regular gigs. But um, yeah, if y'all have Twitch, uh, follow it. We still do things on there. Um, Serve Mondays is still a thing. So yeah, check that out. Wonderful. And of course, as always, you can find me on all social media. Just go to gingermingeonline.com. Gingermingeonline.com, not gingermingeonline.com, because that is porn. And that's my website. Yes. but I mean, it's of me, but it's the, that's where the cartwheel footage is. <laughs> so if you want to see that, go find us there. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me. This thank really has been so you. much fun. Of course you can <laughs> hug me. This has been amazing. I'm such a fan now. Um, I'm going to go follow you on all social media. And for everybody out there, this is Ginger Minge signing off. And remember that not only are you a local queen, you are a hometown shero. We love you so much. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>